Welcome in to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast, the Sunday series. I'm Thomas Miller, and I really do thank you for being here. You know, there are like over a million podcasts out there now, so that you landed on this one and are spending some time here. I really do appreciate it. We're going to talk about I think what probably is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, it comes from the Old Testament, and I wanted to talk about this in one context, and then I had a phone call last night as uh, I'm recording this the next morning, that I was like, no, this, I'm going to tell a story. (laughs) I'm going to absolutely tell a story. What a much better way to go. And this comes from the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs in the Old Testament was written by Solomon. Now, just some very quick overskim history, going back to about 1000 BC. The Hebrews, or the Israelites, if you will, after their exodus from Egypt, had been wandering in what is now the Sinai area for 40 years. I don't know why God would have chosen that as their destiny, because people wandering around in the desert for 40 years would get grumpy, and they did. So one day they started crying out for a king. They said, Everybody else around here has a king. We want a king. God said, oh, you don't know what you're asking for. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We want a king, and we want one now. Well, Saul was appointed the first king, and then he got booted out because of corrupt politics. (laughs) I'll let you sit with that one. But then the little shepherd boy, David, became king. David of David and Goliath lore. He had a little mishap, but otherwise served the Lord well. After his death, his son Solomon became king, and God granted Solomon one wish because of the faithfulness of his father, because God called David a man after his own heart. And Solomon chose for his one wish from the Lord, wisdom, and he became the wisest man on earth. And just like his father, he captured that which was in his heart. For David, the Psalms. For Solomon, the Proverbs. The reason I love the Proverbs is I think it is some of the most unsoiled or potentially less contaminated area of Scripture. And I know that in and of itself is a vast and complicated and conflicting topic. But really it boils down to opinion because there is no evidence going back to 1000 B.C. All right, that's just a kind of a little brief history of how did we get here and what are we listening to. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23... And most of these Proverbs are just little nuggets. They're not drawn-out paragraphs. This one says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And since we're doing a little bit more digging on these Sundays, I went into the Hebrew and looked up the word that's used for guard. And keep is really the word that comes out more. Keep your heart, and your heart here is your soul. It's your inner self. It's your subconscious mind. It's your everything that we talk about on here. So not only does it show up in this wise old proverb from the 900s, probably BC, I think we could say that it's become a theme and a topic around here too. So you might say, keep my heart from what? Keep my soul, keep the very essence of who I am that from which my life flows. Keep it from what? Keep it. What do you mean keep it? It's almost like we've been through this retrograde season, or we're in retrograde season 2023 as this is being recorded, and it's been a doozy so far. Retrograde planets in the sky, uh, we always attach re-words, repair, review, reevaluate, etc. Well, here we could talk about 
keep safe, keep close. To a degree, try on keep innocent, keep healthy. That would be our thoughts, right? Keep on its highest timeline. (laughs) I can't get away from that. But in other words, keep it maximized. Now let's think about the second part of this, because everything you do flows from it. So now we really are down to not a macro view of our heart, but a very micro, minute by minute, even hour by hour view of our heart, our soul, our consciousness, our inner essence, our very being. So if we go that far, how often do we get tripped up? How often during the day does a particular situation get us not optimal? And what we do is we sacrifice our heart, the very essence of ourself, for this temporary situation that happens to be in front of us, whether it's from an email, a phone call, a knock on the door, whatever it is, conversation, traffic, the weather, the kids, the partner, spouse, all of the externals. Or you might have done what I did over New Year's this year. I listened to a couple of audiobooks on, uh, written by the kids of Johnny Cash, the memoirs, if you will. It wasn't the words. It wasn't the stories. All of that was quite neutral, actually. But my heart, my empathic heart, picked up on the pain. Took me probably two weeks to get neutral back from that. I mentioned this situation about a month ago where I was trying to help someone and ended up not guarding my heart. Clock off another two weeks when I used to drink alcohol. Could have a little too much. Clock off, I don't know, 48, 72 hours. That's what Hemet said. He knew that when he had a beer, it would take him three or four days to get back to the spiritual place where he was before. And he was like, I'm done with this. I'm not going to give up that time. You go to a movie and you sit through it instead of getting up and walking out and you're shaken up for a few days or weeks. Now, stop right here because this gets really close, dangerously close to some kind of performance or do list or behavioral list, etc. And I'm sorry, I grew up with that and I'm not bringing that in here, but I'm just saying evaluate in your life when you open the portal and don't guard your heart and what the effect is and what causes it. Because maybe some of those things for you amplify your heart. So my list is not your list. I was listing things that have in the past tripped me up. My personal story. You have to dissect your own list. What crosses your path either on a daily or say weekly, monthly, or an infrequent basis? where maybe even innocently, very innocently, the heart is unguarded for a little bit, and from it flows everything that you do. And for some period of time thereafter, days, weeks, etc., you're left trying to find your equilibrium again. Now, we've just been focusing for about, what, three or four minutes probably on that. So now what we're going to do is pivot and spend more than three or four minutes talking about the good side. We're going to talk about empowering our heart, because that's how you offset that negative energy. So even if you work through this later, and you say, oh man, I want to sit down with my journal, and yes, I want to identify these things so that I know, and I can anticipate, and I can avoid, because I want to be on my highest timeline, spend two or three or five times as much time on the other side, on the positive identifiers, than you did on the negative identifiers. Deal? And please don't set your journal or your pen down 
until you've done the positive side. Don't leave it for later because then your heart in this context is going to be stuck with the negative side, the things that bring you down. And what are they going to go out and look for more negative? When you finish this exercise, just like when you finish this podcast, we're going to end on a high so that you can take that out and live your highest timeline from your heart. Guarded, protected, shielded, ready to go. I mentioned I had a phone call that triggered what I was going to do with this podcast from what I had thought because I was sitting here and I was like, gosh, this is just a bunch of rules like what I grew up with. Thou shalt not, dot, dot, dot. And then I called... Sarah Wakeman. (laughs) A lot of you all know Sarah from our Facebook group for several years now in there. She's been our CEO, our chief engagement officer, because Sarah can put a post. (laughs) I just love it. Sarah can put a post in Facebook that says, show us your flowers. (laughs) And a hundred of you have put flower pictures in there. I mean, it's just like she has this natural gift of ability to engage on social media. And I just mentioned journal, and if you need a journal, we have created a little store, and Sarah is running the store. She's put it all together. She's overseeing it. It's really her project. I am thrilled to be helping her with it. But that's uh, at the top of our Facebook group, and it's also in the funastrology.com website. Just scroll down a little bit from the top, funastrology.com, and you'll see the products there, and it takes you right to her store. I say her store. It's our store in a sense. There's a podcast section, and that's the part that I'm sharing with her. And then she has the Sarah shop, too, her part. But the journals are in there. And if you'd like, if you need to pick up a journal, we have several varieties of ones that you can get. But it's another one of those little ways, like the audiobooks, where when you buy, we are benefited and we very much appreciate it. Help keep this train a-going. Okay, so I had a couple of things that I wanted to talk to Sarah about but it had been a little bit since we had talked and we left it at a particular place last time and she was doing this work that we had discussed. And I so the first thing I said is, how's it going? Well, there's a song out there called Heart on Fire, I think. But anyway, it's a Christian song, but it's um, I <laughs> what I heard was a heart on fire. And I mean in an incredible, beautiful, passionate way. And she had just decided that in her own way, she was going to take the bull by the horns and just do this. And she's like, I'm going to just do it. And then, you know, whatever comes, comes. And if I don't get my million dollars, I think what she said, $100,000 by the end of the year, if I have 3000 well, that's fine. I'll just start with that for next year. I mean, it's just she's got a beautiful attitude about this. But she did a little money manifesting from the principles in Think and Grow Rich. So her first goal was $100 to just show up. Second goal was $1,000. Third goal was $5,000, and it went on up. Well, she told me the story. Out of basically nowhere, $100 showed up. She's like, she's looking for it, right? So she's like, okay, cool. Thanks, universe. Now where's the 1000 <laughs> It's like, where's it coming? It's coming. It's going to show up. And sure enough, a very interesting story related to her family, but a family member for a specific purpose gave her $1,000, $1,000, exactly the amount that she had manifest or said that she was going to. She said, so now I'm looking for my five and it's going to show up. So one of the things I realized in talking through with her is that Sarah had recently made a job change. She was working for a little brew pub there in Kansas City area where she lives that is no longer in business. It didn't make it. So that was the reason for the change. And it was like a family to her. 
Well, now she's working for the Karma Community Market, which is located in the downtown area of her little town of Blue Springs, Missouri. So those of you in the Kansas City area, please go in and check it out and introduce yourself to Sarah when she's there. It's one of the little uh, deals where there are 30 local artists, artisans, artists there, local small business owners like Sarah, and she is one of those 30. She has a booth in there, but she's also doing their marketing and their event coordinating and the people she's working with. I mean, they have meetings about manifesting, setting intentions, following their bliss, following their heart, following their passion, doing what they know that they are intended to do. And I can tell you, just as a telephone observer, the difference in her voice is night and day. Why? Because everything we do comes from our heart, and this is what's flowing through her heart now. And I was calling to check in on a couple of things, and I ended up becoming so inspired just from our conversation that it really helped lift my game and my soul of some things that I'm now inspired to be doing. But that little bit of shift between the, the common and now the higher timeline spiritual path, what voices are in her ears, the kinds of intentions that are now influencing her, the positive vibrations, instead of, I'm sure, probably in common, you know, in the common world, it's like, oh, the economy's so bad and da 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 da. But they're not listening to any of that. And in fact, as I'm recording this, they are having a huge festival in this town and they are expecting thousands, tens of thousands of people to walk by and hopefully in their shop this weekend. That is as beautiful of a real picture of guarding your heart as there ever could be. If you'd like to catch a picture of the little shop, go to karmacommunitymarket.com. In fact, there's an upcoming events tab at the top. That's what Sarah's been working on. And then if you just look around the About tab and some of the other pictures there, you'll see high energy. You'll feel the vibe. So this kicked off a couple of things. In fact, one of the things that you'll be hearing about next month, Sarah said, Thomas, I've been wanting you to do that for two years. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm a slow learner, but we're going to get there. But this is kind of like the Russian dolls. You know, there's one thing inside another, inside another. And one of the things that I'm going to do inside the other, other, other is go back to the basics and the Catherine Ponder meditations, affirmations. And I looked her up and she is still with us at 97. What an amazing woman. And you know, all those affirmations came during a time when there was a big recession in the country. And she was a minister at a church in, get this, Birmingham, Alabama in the 1960s. And they just decided they were not going to participate in the recession. And they didn't. So while people around them and the news and everything was dark and gloomy, they were thriving. They were prospering. I want to elevate that now before all of this sets in. So I've been doing astrology readings again, and I've heard from several of you. I mean, I've heard it from not only listeners, but also even a little store in Asheville this week about how it's tightening up out there. One of our listeners lost a couple of accounts in the last two weeks. Okay, let's start doing some affirmations. And I'm going to bring that to the table soon, because it truly is. What you fill your mind with is what flows out from your heart. And that's why wise old King Solomon wrote what he wrote. He gave the advice. It's good advice. It's up to us to implement it. So 
Let's take some room now to work through this. I don't think you need my voice. You've got enough thoughts of your own that you need to sort out right now, I would hope. And why don't you start with the contrast between triggers of opening the heart to things that you don't want, that don't move you on your highest timeline. We spend time marking these and writing them, and I would suggest journaling them, because we want to know what they are. We want to know when we're vulnerable. We want to know in the past. If A equals B and B equals C, then B then A equals C, right? So if you know what's likely to trigger that is going to produce the result you don't want C, then you can be looking out for those events. You could be looking out for those vulnerabilities. Then your next column is, what's my game plan when A happens or B happens? What's my game plan of how I'm going to handle it? This is that concept of game filming, what sports teams do. They look for the weaknesses. They look for the opportunities. How can we win against this equal opponent? You look for ways where you can be stronger. And then you start to identify what the high timeline things are for you. What elevates you? So like Sarah, if you had spent some time in the high side that you just know people can hear a difference in your voice. There's a lightness in your step. You know that you're more on purpose. And then the other thing I would do is work that out through the various timelines. So what's the big macro picture? Is your whole life on that kind of track? And then bring it down from there all the way down to what could throw you off or on at least hour by hour. And then the game plan again of how you're going to be on your highest timeline. And that gets more positive thinking because now it's not how am I not going to do this, but it's how am I going to do this. And that's being in control of your life. So let me duck out of here. Sarah, thank you for letting me share that story. And I hope that people will check out your store too. I'm going to play a little bit of Fred Dodson's music, and then I like this bubbling brook with the binaural beats, so I'll do some of that too. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this exercise is hugely beneficial for you. Next episode upcoming midweek is Fred Dodson's interview on clearing entities, and it's certainly relevant what's going on in our world today. You have a wonderful Sunday. Got more good stuff coming. Enjoy the journey. I'm Thomas Miller. Thanks for listening.
The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.